What's up, my people? Welcome to Fellowship Bible Church's Sermon Spotlight, where we're coming at you each and every week with a fresh weekend to debrief in an effort to send biblical truth. And what better way to do that than by the power of conversation? I'm one of your hosts, Caleb Pearson. Joining me, uh, two dear friends of mine coming your way first, Mark Carey. Mark, how you doing, bud? Very good. Good. Yep. Good to see you here. Thank you. Uh, he's back with us. We throw him in every once in a while, just off the street. Uh, figured we'd give him a, a place to stay. Ben Sanford. Ben, how hey, you man. doing, buddy? I'm doing good. 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 Thank you for being here. Uh, how are you, Caleb? I'm doing great. Good. Very good. Uh, I like the winter way less as a grown adult than I did as a child. Mm. I hated it then, too. Because the number one, oh, don't you just love the snow? And it's like, yeah, but maybe three days out of the year. It's not like it's snowing all the time. Well, right? now when your mom tells you, Caleb, go out and play, it is harder when it you're It is hard. You know, it, <laughs> it is hard. And, and none of the chores were done, so, you know, it's a standoff. Uh, yeah. But, uh, guys, we have been seeing a lot of uh, new people coming to FBC lately. That was something that came up in our all-staff meeting today that was, was super encouraging. And I, I think it, I'm, I'm downstairs in the youth lobby working with students so much, but that's been exciting. Yeah. I don't know. Yeah, why. you know, uh, I've been at FBC for 32 years. Hmm. And I remember uh, Alistair Bake from Parkside Church say one time at a conference, um, what, you know, what are the blessings of longevity in ministry? Maybe. And, uh, you know, he didn't hesitate. He says, you know, some of the blessings of longevity of ministry is that uh, people, uh, certain people end up leaving. When, <laughs> you know, you, you, if you stay long enough, the troublemakers will leave. Mm. And they, you know, what, what are some of the downturns of long term? Mm. He said, if you stay long enough, some of those same people return. <laughs> <laughs> so, yeah. no, it's good to see lots of new faces and... Uh, um, Young families and and uh, you know kids and a yeah. lot of and yet we still have a lot of folks that haven't are, seen in a while. Haven't seen. They're still yeah. online. We're we're grateful yeah. we have our tech team and doing the online stuff. Mm-hmm. And um, it's um, yeah, it's two two years ago, like right now, two years ago, we were at our highest attendance uh, in the history of the church, mm-hmm. and then COVID hit. Mm-hmm. And it's just kind of interesting to see. Yeah. I've heard from a lot of, that we have a lot of young adults or or Keystones that are in the ministry, but away most of the year at school. Mm. And they they watch online. We get a lot of feedback that they like to, is there a bug in here? Oh, heavens. Get it, Mark. Oh, so close. All right. We'll see how bad bad that gets. Um, Guys, let's go ahead and jump into a Sunday in review. Uh, why worry when we have a heavenly father? Uh, I think excellent question. Ben, I'm going to come your way first. Uh, Pastor sure. Mark was in Matthew 6 and Philippians 4. Um, thoughts on thoughts on the weekend before we dive in a little bit? I, I thought it was um, I thought it was a good challenge for us, especially myself and my wife as we're mm. pretty comfortable, you know, in life and just <clears throat> I don't know. Just I, I think it's a challenge um, to reevaluate our decision making, to reevaluate our prioritizing, to reevaluate all of these things uh, in our life that we've kind of just taken for granted, and take that before the Lord, and uh, really come to grips with like, okay, Lord, what are we trusting in? Um, even when mm-hmm. we're comfortable, you know. For Paul to be content with much and content with little, are we, are we content in where we're at, or are we seeking more, or are we? You know what I mean? It mm. just, it was 
it was cool to be able to um, uh, be challenged on that because I don't think that that's something in our culture that we're very prone to challenge because we're just, mm. I think we're pretty materialistic as a culture and yeah. it's just kind of accepted. So when there's a boat, you and I are both in of that, that first year of marriage. So I think yeah. there's an element of, of learning all of this with that new season. And, and, oh, for sure. and not just yeah. saying like, man, you know, I grew up in this church. I've heard this a bunch of you. Whatever we fall victim to, the more comfortable we are in a church. When, when you and I hit milestones like that and we're wrestling through it, we're like, okay, like how can we, how can we lay that foundation that, you know, so many people speak towards of your first year of marriage and all this stuff. I mean, yeah. part yeah. of it's like, yeah, it's, I, I, I was going to title the sermon. I thought of it later, but worry free living in a worrisome world. Mm -hmm. um, but maybe it, it should have been why you should worry. <laughs> yeah, you know, yeah, you're, yeah. you're comfortable you're yeah, content yeah. so maybe that should have been why you should worry yeah, <laughs> you know? yeah. but i i did try to share some of that background that there, there are plenty of things to worry about mm -hmm. in the mm -hmm. sense of a, humanly speaking right we, we're, we're living in very um troubled times and maybe we always have been you know when i was your age i'm sure it was troublesome and certain things but but not like it is today mm -hmm. and um uh you know reality reality is going to hit and will we be prepared? And I think that was really the, the gist of it. W what yeah. are we focused on? Mm -hmm. And what are we preparing for? Um, and, you know, how well are we connected to our Heavenly Father? Right. Um, now, having said that, there's plenty of people also right now in our congregation that there are a lot of struggles. There are mm -hmm. things, mm -hmm. you know. And so, um, but it's interesting you would say that, you know, worry-free living well you really don't have any worries right now hey life is good you're mm -hmm. newly married you know and yet yeah it's, reality. it's the pulpit predicament right <laughs> half the people worry more yeah half the people worry less there's this yeah. balance well and i think ash and i are probably a good representation of, of mm. both, sides both sides of that coin mm. where the tendency you know, one way or the other if you had asked her the same question i don't think she would mm. have necessarily said the same thing that i mm -hmm. said in terms of you know we're we're pretty comfortable i think mm. there are in her mind, there are plenty of things to worry about. Not that I don't worry about those things too, yeah, but yeah. I, I think it was actually cool for us to represent both sides of mm -hmm. that where, mm -hmm. um, you know, I was being challenged from that perspective and some of the stuff that she's dealing with personally mm -hmm. to be, she, she was having to come to grips with, okay, am I going to trust the Lord with those things mm -hmm. and, and place my identity in yeah. him or yeah. in myself and what I can accomplish or my husband and and every yeah. stage of life has that potential for worry. You know, I was, I mentioned how I am closer to retirement. So, you know, those thoughts right. are, do we have enough and that, that type of thing. But I, have, I was chuckling to myself as I was preparing this message because I can remember what it was like when I was getting out of seminary. Mm -hmm. And, you know, mm -hmm. I, I mentioned one story about not knowing what we were going to get paid, but then we have, then the kids come. And then there's a whole new batch mm -hmm. of things to worry about. And then, you know, they start getting into teen years, and there's another whole batch of things to worry about. And then can we afford college? And that's another whole. And then they're looking for spouses, and that's another whole. So I've gone through the gamut, you know, of these things. Yeah. Now you got, I've got grandkids, and you start worrying about, you know, how the grandkids are doing and what's the future for them. Um, it, there's never a want for something to <clears throat> be worried about or to, to draw our attention away mm. from the Lord. And it can be momentary you know it can be like a maybe 10 minute thing in a, your day or it can be total it's chronic consuming. Yeah. yeah yeah total consuming and um 
where is God in this? And that's the key. Where, where is God? For Paul, <clears throat> he said, I've got the power of God. I can do all things through grace. I've got the promises of God. Um, you know, so where's our focus? The simplicity of a message. Yeah, that's all it was. There's, it's an encouragement to remember everybody's in a season. Everybody's going to be experiencing mm -hmm. new things. I mean, you, you mentioned this retirement's on the horizon, right? Half the room gasped, the other half is like, finally. Yeah, no, right, 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 right. <laughs> but we're all we're all wrestling with those. That. Are by and the way the, the people that came back after my thirty years? <laughs> <laughs> but yeah, it's just and and when you're a part of the body coming together in this assembly, you it's harder to see God as big. If you're a part of that and seeing that and hearing that and thinking like, man, like Pastor Mark's going to be wrestling with stuff. This is the point of the podcast. What are, what are we wrestling with? What are we going through? What does it look like to hear about Ben in his first year of marriage? And that that helps everybody, especially those that, that just give so much good feedback on the podcast, feel like, okay, I'm not in it alone. God's with me. And then all these people are placed in my life to remind me of that. And there's something just really, really encouraging about it. And, and Paul was doing that for the Philippians. Mm -hmm. I mean, the Philippians were great givers. They were, he said, you know, no one has shared more than you guys. Uh, but he still even had to remind them. Uh, it, was a, it was a strength for them in many ways, or apparently. But he still had to remind them, um, you know, look, you can do, like I can do all things through Christ. You can do all things through Christ. And he will richly supply you with uh, everything you're going to need. Uh, and you have to remind the, the Philippians of all the people who you would think wouldn't need to be reminded. Uh, the Philippians did. And so the body, yeah, we, we need to, Hebrews 10, we, we need to stimulate one another to love and good deeds. That mutual encouragement, that mutual. Mm -hmm. And I think it comes down back to what is the power source in which we're living and what are the promises upon which we can rest. That's our, that's, what Paul was doing at the end of Philippians is something we can all do today and remind each other in communion, uh, fellowship together. I, I found that <clears throat> concept coming off the heels of um, the passage in 2 Corinthians where he walks through all the things that he's mm -hmm. had to deal with just by following Christ, right? And, and going along with what the Lord had for him that added extra weight to his admonition to the Philippians then, where mm -hmm. it's like this is not a guy who just had a nice, easy, comfortable go at life all the time, and so he can, he can say these things. You know what I mean? Yeah. It's very relatable whatever circumstances yeah. we're in. It ain't like Paul's, at least for us here in America. Yeah. You know? yeah. That was just... Well, and that brings up another... <clears throat> It does bring up attention, you know. Jesus, the, the Jesus Storybook Bible story based on the Matthew, the Sermon on the Mount, Matthew six. You know, don't worry what you will eat, what you will drink, what you will put yeah. on. The Father knows you have, you know, the the unsaved world eagerly seeks this stuff, but God, the Father knows you have need of this. <clears throat> Seek first His kingdom and righteousness, and all these things will be added unto you. So don't worry about tomorrow. But <clears throat> down through the centuries. Um, what do you do with believers in, in a different part of the world at a different time, or even today in modern times in certain parts mm. of the world, that are hungry? What do you, what, what, what do the Christians in Afghanistan do? Right, right. And, um, or in Pakistan. And they're, they're, uh, they're losing their lives. Um, 
and maybe going hungry and maybe so the tension is do the words of Jesus ring a bit hollow for them or but then Paul comes and, and says yeah I've got all those experiences mm. hunger and thirst and beaten and all that stuff and yet you know in the midst of that right. I can do all things and he'll riches supply but there's that tension because mm -hmm. you know the what's the psalm the, the psalmist who said uh, uh, the the righteous have never gone hungry Mm, yeah, yeah, yeah. But I scratched my head and said, well, but, okay, what does that mean? Yeah. And in one sense, on a spiritual level, you know, Jesus says, my food is to do the will of him who sent me. And, and uh, we, we have the, the, the life of Christ. We have all those the spiritual blessings in the heavenlies. We are abundantly supplied with uh, all these wonderful um, realities of our identity in Christ. It doesn't feed a hungry child, but it, it it can give peace to that parent. I mean, mm -hmm. th these are the tensions in real life that uh, does do the words of Jesus really ring true? Is this true of the Apostle Paul? Did God supply all our needs? Because there were people who died in the early mm -hmm. church and in our modern yeah. day that didn't seem to have all their needs. It, it forces us to kind of look at what defines life mm. and what really is a value. And um, and how you define needs. And or, needs. or what God <clears throat> is ultimately after. That's and, right. and that idea of, of deliverance. And what, what does that mean to God? And is he this genie that's going to you know make yeah. everything okay? Or is, or is something else at play here? Yeah. And, 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 we, and we live in a fallen world. We've, we talk about that all the time. We live in a depraved fallen world where the, it's in the grip of the evil one. Mm -hmm. And... Um, if we think for one moment that uh, you know God is on our little marionette strings like a puppet and we're kind of manipulating him to get the vending machine God or the genie in the bottle type of thing so that we can define life as this abundance in material earthly pleasures, um, you know, the, we'll be rudely awakened to what is actually reality. Um, we are in spiritual warfare. And there, there is a spiritual assassin, and his name is Satan with all his demons, and he's got a bead right here on every one of our foreheads. I mean, he, he, he's, got, he's got us marked. And he's tactile. <clears throat> so many people are, are deconstructing their faith. It's a phrase that didn't even exist five, ten years ago. So, so many people are wrestling with and deconstructing Christianity as if we have the power to deconstruct yeah. what God did on the cross. But that deconstruction started with... I think it started with distraction, and then it started with deception, because we are in the grip of the evil one, and it cr it creeps in. And subtle. It's subtle. It's it's kind. It's inviting. It's all those things that, yeah. that C.S. Lewis portrays in so many different stories. Even the Bible itself portrays. And so to to have the, the a spiritual lens, spiritually read the room, yeah. and and be on guard. So let me ask you. I mean, you guys are young. Um, you're in your mid twenties. Is your generation? Um, I think I know the answer to this, but I don't want to assume it. Um, I, 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 I'm, well, I'm assuming your generation might not be as focused on the material things of life, uh, you know, getting that best education, getting that best corporate job and, and all that, mm -hmm. that maybe my generation was. But wh where's your generation at in the terms of, of being able to trust God with material things? Or, and, wh and where does that line up? 
That's good. That's a great question. Am I a month older than you? You were born in April, right? Yeah. All right, so here's some wisdom for you. <laughs> so, I, so I feel like <laughs> there is a, a switch. You feel back. or do you think? Right, right. Well, that's yeah. exactly where I'm going. Okay. Yeah. Is yeah. There is this... It's not so much a devaluing of the material, but it's it's an it's an obsession of of the immaterial in the the seeking of social justice and feelings based decision making ideology philosophy, because we there is a a, a heart strong desire for for fixing things our, our 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 peer group our age group the the vocations people are striving after speak to that. But there is a little bit of a deviation from truth, or what what they would call a recentering around their own truth, finding mm. their own truth, and a, a, a departing from from liturgy, from from religion, but also, unfortunately, a, a departing from an anchor of a god, yeah. and, and that there must be an objective truth. Mm. Um, I, I don't know. I think along with that, maybe even more. Um, as a subconscious thing, I think it's a search for identity. I think there's, mm -hmm. I think our generation really has a hard time figuring out like, man, what is a, what is a valuable purpose in life? What do I offer to the world around me? Where, where's my significance, you know, coming from? And so I think, I think that that's, that drives a lot of these movements that our generation goes mm -hmm. along with is like we want to be part of something bigger so that we're identified within that thing and mm -hmm. there's a noble uh um reasoning behind our decisions mm -hmm. in their minds and yep. so you find because i don't think there's a good understanding of what it means practically to have our identity in christ that's mm -hmm. a very common buzz phrase like you know mm -hmm. yeah, identity in christ identity in christ but realistically, if you ask somebody who says that, man, what does that really look like? They couldn't tell you yeah. for the most part. And so the, mm -hmm. then the search is to find that identity in um, other people's opinion of you in a lot of ways. And so, and that's going to be shaped then by your peer constituency. Oh, yes. So Absolutely. If, exactly. it's, if it's seeing some injustice out there, you want to ameliorate the injustice. You want to you know, mm -hmm. bring a you know the justice to bear right. you know big watch right. in my generation it wasn't so much maybe that it was um i want things to go well for me so that yeah. means getting a good education good ed it was much maybe more me focused sure as opposed to maybe uh of a social consciousness mm -hmm. uh, thought but both end up as a self focus at, at a self focus yes. and yeah. and can put god out of the picture and it's it just seems like We've lost sight a little bit of of a sense of the fallenness and the depravity of man of this world. We absolutely have, Mark. I'm telling you, <clears throat> the, the college ministry I was a part of, the the amount of people active, what what you would ascertain to be mature Christians, did not believe man was going to hell. Mm -hmm. Did not believe there is one. Often, yeah. man is inherently good. Is this is this echoing phrase and. And I understand in, in liberal arts environments, that's going to be a, a common theme, but it, it is creeping into theology. Yeah. yeah. And so, so okay, we, we, we may, it's palpable that mm -hmm. fallen some man, so they, they don't deny that, but it's always out there. It's the mm -hmm. injustices, uh, you know, the, 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 the social ills and, and wrongs that are real. It's true. It's there. Uh, but if, if God's out of the picture and we don't see the spiritual component to it, 
Well, let's insert ourselves into that, and that now becomes, I want to fix it, use the word right. fix it. This is my purpose. Mm -hmm. So let's collectively, and that becomes the flag we wave, mm -hmm. uh, uh, or in other generations, it's let's, let's solve it through the political scene. Mm -hmm. And right. uh, whatnot. You have a 25-year-old with a master's degree in political science that is very good at isolating a symptom of a, of a problem in the world, but couldn't be worse at identifying the disease, the yeah. underlying what is actually going on. Yeah. And so much of that is rooted in this restlessness. I have peers still that are posting to Facebook, I will not, no peace, no rest until blank. And I'm thinking, really? Once blank comes to fruition, you think now you're going to experience peace and rest? It's called the millennium. It'll come one day, mm -hmm. right. but it ain't going to come about through your work. Right. And and now that doesn't mean we don't engage in those things, mm -hmm. but we put it in perspective biblically. So Jesus said, uh, hunger and thirst and all that, and, and going to that clothing and shelter, those are, yeah, those are bad things, but seek first my kingdom and righteousness. Mm -hmm. Uh, Paul's put the emphasis on, you know, like, where is God? We have the power of God, we have the promises of God. He said in chapter 3 of Philippians, um, you know, I can't, everything is rubbish that I may mm. gain him. I want to know him and the power of his resurrection. Uh, for to me, for chapter 1, for to me to live is Christ, to die is gain. Um, if we're not well situated and rooted and grounded in his, in a knowledge of him, mm -hmm and our identity related to that, what these spiritual concepts, we're not going to solve right. anything in the right. world. Mm -hmm. And that's what's missing today. Mm -hmm. And it does grieve me that I see so much of this focus on the social justice, social gospel. Nothing's known on the sun. This is, but this is just, it's, all, it's just repeated, uh, re, repackaged mm -hmm. stuff. Mm -hmm. and it's deceptive. So where is your heart with God? Who do you think he is? Change comes about. When he changes me, and that happens when I'm rightly related to him. So this mm -hmm. is where it starts. The role of the local church is to help each other um, kind of grow in that grace and knowledge of the Lord. So, so we help each other get our eyes fixed on him right. so right. that we can be change agents in the world. But through his power and his strength, not through our clever slogans and flags that we yeah. wave. And that's something Ben and I talk about a lot <clears throat> is the balance between exhorting young people to, to get plugged into church and consider the God thing and, and not just throw, you know, throw out whatever, or, or to really throw out whatever hurt or criticism might be defining somebody. And then also raising the value of the church, being more willing to listen and, and engaging this group because there's this fake, oh, they won't understand or they wouldn't understand, or, or there's a spiritual intimidation, right? I, I think it's a it's a it's a misconception to think the young people in this day and age and culture are unchurched individuals. I don't think that's necessarily true. I think a lot of them are dechurched, mm -hmm. and so there's an unlearning that has to happen with the local church and the local community. But it's a both and. Well, and and church is like Christianity, I should say, as mm -hmm. a whole, mm -hmm. is viewed as this like you know if you have if you have everything in its box. Christianity just forms another box. You've mm. got your career box and mm -hmm. your relationship box and your family box, and then you have your Christianity box. As opposed to what you're talking about is that, uh, mm -hmm. you know, Paul's perspective that when Christ, who is your life, mm -hmm. appears, not when Christ, who is a part of your life, appears, mm -hmm. but this, this, I think there's a need to renew our minds uh, 
not just our generation, I think across the board, but sure. certainly, I mean, we're, we interact with our generation enough that this is certainly the case, that it's just a piece of our mm-hmm. lives and often a very small piece, yeah. as opposed to all of our decision-making is under the umbrella right. of who Christ is. And I, and I mentioned in the sermon, at least in one of the services, maybe I did it all, but you know, if if all our Christianity is defined as this one hour a week that we're gathering mm-hmm. in this religious ceremony, we are not going to be prepared. And mm-hmm. and and God is wise enough and loving enough that he'll bring those pressures. He, it's suffering is the key to strip us away from all these things mm-hmm. and, and where we get to a point where we have nothing but the Lord. Uh, so going hungry, going thirsty, going without food and shelter is a means by which we find the fullness, our fullness in God. And it become it can become the blessing. Johnny Erickson Tata, I remember her saying mm. once, and many times she has said it, she said, I thank God every day for my wheelchair. Mm. Because it was, you know, I was it was through that I talked to someone after one of our services who, who made the comment. He said, I, if I had it to do over again, I would still, now I'm looking back on the issues of some suffering mm. in his life, I wouldn't change it for the world because it, it has made me trust the Lord more. So God does strip away some of that stuff so we realize you can't trust in these things. And if that's your focus, you know, whether it's material things or 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 um, ethereal type things of, of justice and peace and whatever, mm-hmm. it's going to be elusive. Mm-hmm. And you will end up totally disillusioned mad at God or just angry or we'll check out a human society because mm-hmm. you, you reach a point where it this isn't working. Mm-hmm. It is not worth the effort. So let me just check out. And by the way, a lot are doing that. Oh yeah. They're and checking out. Mm-hmm. And it's a it's a spike in mental health. Uh, the final health. checkout. Yeah. It, it's it's a spike in all these studies of mental health and depression and nobody's talking anymore. Nobody's even willing to talk if if you know you're gonna get yeah. a little bit of a different perspective. Yeah. 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 Uh, Look, yeah. COVID and, 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 you know, a virus and all these bad things that have happened, it's a part of the fall. Mm-hmm. There's a spiritual component to it. And we have to accept the fact that it'll, it'll, sickness and disease and death and more COVID things, and there'll, there'll be a COVID-20 and a 21, 22, I mean, mm-hmm. let alone a 19. I mean, these things are part and parcel of a fallen world, and it's not going to get better until the right. king comes. Yeah. Seek first his kingdom and righteousness. These things will be added. But, you know, just there there is a better world yet to come. And we're created and made for that better world. Mm. But it ain't now. And that bad stuff is not evidence of God's absence. No. It's evidence of his existence. What did he come for? We we read and we understand, okay, all of this has a purpose to, to what Ben was alluding to earlier. This hurt I feel so tremendously badly. And, and it's such a big hurt. Perhaps it's meant to point me to an even bigger hope. And, yeah. and, and there is hope in Christ that, that the world does not have. And there's all these coping mechanisms. Everybody's worshiping something. Everybody has their Christianity or whatever you want to call it. And so everybody's dealing with some sort of way to, to cope or you're putting it on the back burner, you're stuffing it in a box. And if we do that to God, I mean, we're just selling ourselves yeah. short. Yeah. Keep our focus on him. Trust him. And as Paul concluded in that verse 20, now to our God and Father, be glory forever and ever. Mm. Amen. Mm. That's where it's at. 
And to the degree that we are growing again in that relationship and walk with him, all these things are added. And we'll experience the life, the joy, the, the sense of fulfillment, of purpose and meaning. And in the process, if God wants to use us to right a wrong, to, to change a, something that needs to get changed, I mean, the church is called to be light in a dark world, salt in an unsavory world, um, to, to bring glory and honor to him. Um, then great, that's, that's frosting on the cake to be able to be used by him in a darkened world. So um, it's a no-lose right. situation mm -hmm. in a no-win world mm -hmm. with, with him. That's good. Yep. Gentlemen, thank you for being here. Mm -hmm. It was a ton of fun. As a reminder to our listeners and viewers, you can find us each and every week. Uh, Middle Road, Winchester, Virginia Fellowship Bible Church, but also at fbcva.org. We have all of our sermons up, all our notes, all of our biblical training center classes and all that good stuff. Uh, the fact of the matter, everybody, is that sermons are not meant to just take an hour, but rather transform a lifetime. Until next week, much love and God bless.